Hi, I'm Megan Hyatt Miller, and this bonus episode of Lead to Win is being sponsored by one of our favorite companies, Belay. Why? Well, we believe two things. First, an executive assistant is simply the most important hire you're ever going to make as a leader. In fact, my dad is so convinced of this that he wrote a book about it called Your World Class Assistant, Hiring, Training, and Leveraging an Executive Assistant. We know that this is the one position that's truly vital to the success of your business. Secondly, we believe strongly in Belay. After all, they are the premier partner of virtual executive assistants in the industry. In fact, when he started the business, the one position my dad hired first was a part-time assistant from Belay. And after all these years, we still use them to fill the gaps in our staffing. If you need an executive assistant, you have one, or you are one, this bonus episode will give you the tools and tips you need to be successful in the most important hire you'll ever make. Hi, I'm Larry Wilson, and welcome to this bonus episode of Lead to Win. And today, we're going to answer your most pressing questions about what Michael calls the most important hire you'll ever make. That's an executive assistant. So I'm joined today by two bona fide experts on the subject. One is our own Susie Barber, Senior Director of Operations here at Michael Hyatt and Company. And the other is Tricia Shortino, Chief Executive Officer at Belay. So welcome to both of you. Hey, Larry. Good to be here today. Hi. Thank you, Larry. Before we're done with this episode today, we want you to have all the confidence and the tools that you're going to need to make that very first hire of an executive assistant, or if you're already working with an EA, maybe to leverage that relationship a little more effectively. In fact, we're going to close out the show with a list of Trisha and Susie's top 10 tips for working with an EA. Before that, we're going to get to some questions that we commonly hear about working with an executive assistant. So let's dive right in. There's kind of something interesting here, Susie, to start out with, is that you guys, you and Tricia, you kind of have a long history together, even though you now work for different organizations, and that kind of revolves around Michael Hyatt. It, we do, Larry. We actually have a really kind of fun story of how we connected. So um, I had left my career as an executive assistant where I ran teams of high-level executive assistants who were supporting U.S. presidents, guys, celebrities, NFL players, kind of some big names. And I left because of burnout and just realizing that um, I never thought I could have a work-life balance in this industry. And I was home with my daughter. I had just become a parent and left my career. And I just felt like I needed to do something that didn't have to do with diapers, um, which anybody who's ever been in the newborn phase will understand. And so I started looking around for work from home opportunities. And I found Belay, who Trisha is the CEO of, and they paired me. I started working just five hours a week and they paired me with a guy named Michael Hyatt. And so Trisha and I were actually both 
Michael's assistants, he had two of us kind of in the beginning when he started Michael Hyatt and Company. And he too had walked away kind of from corporate burnout and was on this mission to kind of have what we call the double win, succeeding at life and also at work. And so that's how I met Trisha. And all these years later, Michael Hyatt and Company has grown so much and Belay has grown so much, providing assistance to leaders all around the world. And Trisha runs Belay. So that's how we met, how we connected and how we're here talking about Michael's new book today, Larry. Yeah, that's right. Your world-class assistant, Hiring, Training, and Leveraging an Executive Assistant, was released in October, and it's just a fantastic book filled with practical information, just the information you need, the tips you need, the inside track on how to find, hire, and onboard the person who is just going to make your life so much easier. And that's really what we want to get into today. Let me turn to Tricia. Uh, and I feel like we don't have Michael on the podcast today. So Tricia, we can speak freely. What is it really like to work with Michael Hyatt? <laughs> that is a great question, Larry. Um, Michael and his team, Susie included on the call, have truly been amazing leaders to work with at so many different levels. I remember, Susie, um, meeting you so many years ago when you first joined Belay and knowing that you were going to go way further than we could ever take you. You just brought so much expertise to the virtual assistant realm, and it, it was amazing to work with you at that time. I knew you supporting Michael with me at that time was going to be uh, a great experience for Michael. And I feel like we were a pretty good team, Susie. We were. I don't feel like there's ever been a better team, Trisha. Like we should get awards. (laughs) I've got a list of some of the most common questions that we hear about this. And it's the kind of thing, as you both know, that that people get a little skittish about making that first hire. So here are some of the questions that people have a little bit of a hard time getting over. And let's see if you can help our listeners get over the hump here on hiring an EA or working with an EA. And maybe the most common question is this, how do I know when it's time to hire an executive assistant? Yeah, I think that's a great question, Larry. So what I'll say, and Trisha, you can let me know how you feel about this. I always like to say that if you have even thought about it, you probably needed to do it at least a year ago. You're probably behind the curve. And I really, Michael would attest to this, I really believe that executive assistants probably make the world go round, let's be honest. Um, But they really are the secret weapon and the thing that differentiates really successful leaders from other leaders maybe who are not as successful because they really help you elevate your game. And so whether you have an executive assistant and you're not optimizing that relationship, you'd like to, to do more with that, or you're just thinking thinking about getting one. Um, It's just so important to do it and to do it right. But nobody's teaching this, Larry. Um, And Trisha, you would probably say amen to that, right? There's not classes in college that say, how do leaders hire, find, and work with executive assistants? But usually at some point on a leadership journey, you're going to run out of capacity and you're going to need help. And this is what's going to take you to the next level. And so, yeah, bottom line, you need an EA. If you've thought about it, you needed one a long time ago. And it's time to just make the jump and try it. Like, what's the worst that can happen? 
Yes. And I would absolutely 100% agree, Susie. At Belay, we've actually practiced at our team ourselves and our leadership. It's actually the first hire every leader has here at Belay. So many, many years ago, when I was first promoted to a director role, the first thing I did was get a part-time executive assistant before the need even arose. So there is absolutely administrative work that every leader has to do, even at the very beginning of that role or that level of leadership, that if you could offload even the smallest amount of administrative work and spend those few hours a week focused on growing the business, sales, marketing, the things that generate growth and not the things that take away and that are minutiae and administrative, you are growing yourself, growing your capacity, and growing your organization. So we absolutely believe it should be one of the first hires you make as a leader. Uh, Tricia, you bring me to the second question I wanted to ask the both of you, because it's one that a lot of leaders ask. I hear it all the time. And you said you hired really even before the need was fully apparent to you. But a lot of people think, what would I have an EA do? Uh, you know, I, I don't think I could keep somebody busy for 40 hours a week or even 20 hours a week or 10 hours a week. How, how do you answer that objection that I, there, I don't have enough work for somebody? Yeah, I would say that there are a couple things I would recommend somebody go through at that time. There's absolutely administrative work that every leader is working on. One of the things we would recommend is that somebody walk through a delegation matrix exercise to show yourself. We also recommend even doing a time study. Is even as a leader, if you monitored what you spent your time on every day, it is pretty much guaranteed that you will find many hours in a week that you are spending on administrative tasks that somebody else could do for you. Even if you're in a startup mode, or at a lower level management experience level, you will find the opportunity for for there to be things to offload to somebody else, whether it's administrative work you don't like to do or the work you're not good at, it's there. You you used the term just a minute ago. I want you to go back and define maybe a little bit more a delegation matrix. Can you say a little bit more about what that is? Yeah, absolutely. So it's an exercise that you walk through where you run through the given responsibility or tasks that you are working on in any given day, week, or month. And you truly list out all of the responsibilities and things you spend time on. And you can put them in a grid. Um, Belay actually has a matrix that we use to do this for. But you put them in a grid and you start putting them into buckets of the things you should do, things somebody else can do, things that are administrative, and so on and so forth. And what you do is you wind up really recognizing uh, what it is that you're spending time on that you really shouldn't as a leader. And that's a great place to start when you start looking at the things you might offload or get an executive assistant to help you with. Tricia, thanks for clarifying that. And I would love to see us make that tool available to our listeners. Could we put a link in the show notes for this episode to that delegation matrix from Belay? 
Absolutely. Please do. It's an excellent, excellent resource. We use it internally for our team and we recommend it for our clients and, and those looking for a virtual executive assistance to get them started. So happy to give it. Here's a, a quick question for both of you. And I don't know if you have this at the top of your minds or not, or if it's anything you've actually studied, but how many hours a week do you think a part-time, say a half-time EA would save an executive? Oh, wow. I mean, I would say at least 10 hours, at least. Um, I think I've seen it be more. I think you don't realize um, sometimes how much time you're spending on administrative work. And um, here at Michael Hyatt and Company, we actually don't require our EAs to um, only focus on tasks for the business. So that means our executives can also ask for help with administrative tasks in their personal life. So like sending flowers to their spouse or getting their kids soccer games on a calendar or um, ordering grocery delivery or planning a birthday party. And if you add up all the things that you do personally that are administrative and all the things that you do professionally that are administrative, there's probably more than you realize that is just taking your focus away from your most important high leverage contribution to your business. And so if you get an EA, even part-time, who is just rocking it out and taking over some of those tasks, it's going to save you an immense amount of time and allow you to focus on the things that really move the needle, that make you more profit, that that bring you to life, which is so important in your um, in your business. So. Yeah, I, I agree. Ideally, your executive assistant is way better at the administrative work you're doing as a leader. So their productivity will exceed yours. So if, if there's a task that maybe takes you an hour, maybe they can do it in 30 to 40 minutes and you start replicating that over time and what they're able to give you back is more than even the hours they've worked. So we see it time and time again where somebody might work with an assistant for 10 hours a week, but what they get back is 15. Yeah, you really gain leverage then. It's not just uh, that it takes an hour off your plate, but you you benefit by the delegation math, as we sometimes call it, where the person that you hire not only maybe costs less than you do, but able to work faster than you can. So it's really a compounding effect. Yeah. So if you think about something, Larry, like email management or calendar management, some of these administrative tasks that you're doing on a regular basis, if you do that delegation math and you figure out how much your hourly rate is as a leader, and then you think about the fact that you're really not that great, probably at calendar management or email management, most leaders are not. And you have executive assistants out here who are experts at this work and love this work. And you realize how much you are paying yourself and taking yourself away from like, profitability and um, high leverage activities in your business to manage your calendar. As soon as you do that math, it makes total sense to just take the leap and get an EA. Yes. It makes it way easier to take that leap once you actually start plugging in some numbers. And I think exactly what you said, Susie, is that we talk to leaders every day who doubt whether or not they should hire a VA is to do that exact ratio analysis as to what you pay yourself or what your worth is to the organization per hour versus what you can hire assistant for. And then knowing they're going to be way more productive to you, it is an absolutely positive ROI hire. Well, if I'm going to look for somebody uh, as a entrepreneur, a solopreneur, an executive, a business owner who can do the things I'm no good at, 
then what are the traits or the competencies that I really need to be looking for in an executive assistant? That's a great question, Larry. Well, first, I want to shout out to Belay, Trisha, and your team because they are really great. Um, if you don't know where to start, I recommend starting with Belay because they are really great at finding EAs who have the right kind of characteristics for your business and they can match you with someone. So that's a great way to take the guesswork out of it. But I will say I have a few um, key characteristics that I look for when I'm hiring an executive assistant. I know Belay looks for these as well. The most important thing to me is what I like to call servant-hearted leadership. And that's a little bit of a churchy term. But what I mean by that is I'm looking for an executive assistant who has the confidence to jump in for their executive and tackle a big project or run a meeting on behalf of their executive when the executive can't be there, but who also has this heart for service, who doesn't mind um, booking a play date for their executive's children or who doesn't mind grabbing coffee really quick or picking up dry cleaning if they're in person. Obviously, some EAs are virtual or arranging something like that because you need both. And that's what creates transformation is when you have support in both areas. So someone who is a go-getter and confident and willing to attack big projects if need be and create new systems and processes, but who also is totally here um, and loves and enjoys some of that administrative work. Yep, absolutely agree, Susie. And I would even say to get down to a tactical characteristic competency level, some of the things that we look for or I look for in virtual assistants are the simple one-liners like very responsive, super detail-oriented, proactive. And one that might surprise people is, to Susie's point, someone who's decisive and is comfortable leading. Ideally, as a leader, you get the most out of your virtual assistant if they are comfortable leading things without you. The more you can delegate to them to own the whole process of something, the less you have to be involved, the more you're freed up to lead. So looking for an executive assistant who can make decisions, can lead through things is important, as well as some of the common things you would imagine for an assistant like being detail-oriented, being an excellent written and verbal communicator, since they are representing you, um, and being able to proactively handle whatever it is that you send their way. I would like to come up with a list of top tips for executives working with an EA. And maybe between the two of you, Susie, Tricia, could we come up with a list of top five or maybe top 10 tips for getting the most from an EA relationship? What do you think? Yes, let's do it. Yeah, let's All right. do it. I'm game. Sure. Okay, Tricia, what do you think? Top tip. Okay, top tip number one, over-communicate. Yes. Yes, meet with them, communicate with them, with your assistant, be responsive, answer the emails. If you think you said it enough, you probably didn't say it again. Just a connection in this very intimate relationship is important. You will get the most out of your VA if you have a great communicative relationship. Susie, top tip, and then we'll go back and forth. Well, this will be the battle of the tips. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> I'm going to say I could probably, Trisha, you know, I love you, but I could probably top your top tip if I could okay. say that. Okay. And I would actually say my top 
tip. Wow, that's like tongue tie. My top tip would be get an EA first and foremost, people. Okay. <laughs> like you've got to start there. Stop sitting around wondering if you should or how you're going to make this happen. First, get an executive assistant. And then yes, over communicate. Like Trisha said, that's so important. Um, and then I would say empower your executive assistant with information from the very beginning. They need access to your email. They need access to your calendar. They need to know uh, what foods you're allergic to so that they can order you lunch mm-hmm. and anticipate needs. So just give them the information. Even if you think it's overload, um, use that template that we provide in the book, get the book, use that template and just give them as much information as possible in the beginning so that you don't get bogged down in trying to orchestrate all of that. So top tip number one from Tricia, over-communicate. From Susie, get an EA. And another tip from Susie, empower your EA with information from the very beginning. Tricia, back to you. Yes, I would say set clear expectations and goals for your assistant. So whether it's deliverables, due dates, deadlines, the way with which you're communicating information, make sure you're thorough. They have everything they need to be armed to be successful in their role. Awesome. Susie? Yeah. Um, This kind of goes with over-communicate, but I think it's more specific than that. So I'm going to say be highly responsive to your executive assistant. Don't worry about the rest of the people in your inbox. Your EA will help you with that and tell you which ones you need to actually answer and solve that overwhelm, but you've got to answer them. So make space to meet with them, answer their text messages, answer their Slack messages, answer their phone calls, and just make sure that you respond to their questions so that they can get their work done. Let's summarize these again, and we'll add to it. Over-communicate, get an EA, empower with information from the very start, set clear expectations and goals, and be highly responsive. And by the way, if you're, if you're driving, please don't try to make notes of these. We'll, we'll put the list of top tips on the show notes for the episode. But Tricia, any more top tips? Yes, I would say fill the gap with trust. Nobody is perfect. People make mistakes. I made a couple of really doozy mistakes when I was Mike's VA, and he was humble and understanding and very gracious. And so I say, as any leader working with an assistant, fill the gaps with trust, be humble, know that people aren't perfect, and there will be mistakes that are made. And that's okay. Nice. Fill the gaps with trust. I like it. Susie, more top tips? Yeah. This is so fun, by the way. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I would say listen to your executive assistant, especially when they challenge you on something. So as leaders, that is the time to be quiet and to hear what they have to say and to really take their feedback into account. Because when an executive assistant is coming to the table with their leadership and their expertise and they're saying, hey, you cannot take on any more meetings for the next two weeks or you are going to burn out, you've got to listen to them. When they say, hey, we're protecting this time for a vacation, you need it got to listen to them. And so just make sure when they say, I can take that job and that um, project off your plate, I can handle it. Give it to me. Listen to them and trust them when they say that they can do something or when they say that you need to do something. Okay. Top tip number seven then is listen when your EA challenges you. Tricia, more to add? Yes. um, I would say get to know your EA. 
So know their goals, know their hobbies, know their family, know what drives them, what incentivizes them, know how they like to be encouraged, know their love language, um, know their Enneagram personality, whatever that may be for you and your organization. But I would say, know your EA, know what drives and incentivizes them and have a relationship with them. So top tip number eight is get to know your EA. Susie, have you got a number nine tip for us? Larry, of course I do. I'm here all day, guys. <laughs> yeah, I would say I'm going to tag on to what Trisha said for the eighth tip about getting to know them. I think showing appreciation is really important. Being a good leader to your team means showing appreciation. And so your executive assistant can help you remember everybody else's birthdays, but you should remember your executive assistant's birthday, for example. And so when they've uh, put in extra hours or really crushed it on a project, Project, um, and they're doing all this stuff to, to so humbly like serve and help you reach your goals. It's important to say thank you. It's important to send them a Starbucks gift card. Um, there's no, it doesn't have to be a lot or extravagant. Sometimes it could, you know, like a gift card for a massage goes a long way, guys. But I'm just saying like show appreciation, be grateful, just like you would for other members of your team. You want to be a good leader and just say thank you when someone's doing a great job for you. So show appreciation is our tip number nine. Let's go back to Tricia for our 10th tip. Whoa. Okay. 10th tip. I'm going to say, and I know we touched on this a little bit. I'm going to say, give ownership, let them run with certain parts of your life and your responsibilities that you know, they can handle. Let them run a meeting, let them own a project, let them own an event planning meeting, give them the keys that they need to own things for you. Yes. Amen, Trisha. And I'm not going to sing because I value our listeners and their ears and I don't want to hurt their ears. But there is a song in the Frozen movie, if you've never heard it, guys, called Let It Go. And so when you're (laughs) hesitating... Susie, everybody has heard that song. (laughs) You can't let control... If you can't uh, give control of your calendar away, how can I really get rid of my email? Listen, I've been there. I was an EA for years and I was like, why do people have such a hard time delegating stuff? And then when I had an EA, I was like, can I really give away my email? Yes, let it go and give ownership. But yeah, that song is very motivating if you think about it in that context. Yes, (laughs) I could not agree more. We find that it's really a struggle is that, and I'm, I'm a recovering um, control freak as well. As even as a leader with, a, with my first assistant many years ago, I had a really hard time letting some stuff go. I, I still have to practice it today. Let's what I would say. I could not agree more. Let it go. Well, let's recap our list of tips. And again, we'll put these in the show notes for you. And I'm going to reorder them because I do think our number two tip comes first. Get an EA, tip number one. Tip number two, over-communicate. Number three, empower with information from the very start. Number four, set clear expectations and goals. Number five, be highly responsive. Number six, fill the gap with trust. Number seven, listen when your EA challenges you. Number eight, get to know your EA. Number nine, show appreciation. And number 10, give ownership. Well, thanks so much for that really helpful list and for, I hope, giving our listeners what they need to get over that really scary decision 
to make the most important hire that they'll ever make, which is an executive assistant. So uh, Susie, Trisha, final thoughts for our listeners today. I would just say it's okay if you are kind of skeptical about this, but push through that skepticism and jump in and get an executive assistant if you are a leader. It is going to change the game in your business and it's going to let you do more of what you love. You're going to make more money. You're going to have more time. You're going to get closer to achieving that double win of succeeding at life and at work. And um, so yeah, get an executive assistant, talk to Belay. They're a great place to start. And if you haven't gotten it yet, grab Michael's new book, Your World-Class Assistant, and learn all about how to do this right from the start. Trisha, final thoughts. Yeah, so I would completely agree with Susie. I think that getting an assistant is a critical hire. Michael's book is a great guide on how to get started. Belay is here to help you get started if you need us. And your assistant will truly give you the capacity to focus on the things you should be focusing on, which is not email, calendar, and administrative tasks. Susie Barber and Trisha Shortino, thank you for being with us today here on this bonus episode of Lead to Win. Thank you, Larry, for inviting us. This was so much fun. Thank you, Michael Hyatt and company, for having me as a guest. I really enjoyed this time today. And thank you all for joining us as listeners. Be sure to check out the show notes for the list of resources that were mentioned today. That's at lead2.win. Join us right back here next week when Michael and Megan will have a brand new episode. Until then, lead to win.